others that pioneered and made a way for us, fought the fight and brought us to this point. And I just gotta, I just gotta tell you something. We, I don't want to get to heaven. And those people walk up to me and say, we gave you so much and you didn't do anything with it. Amen. I, I, want, them, I want them to rejoice with us. Praise God. There's a, there's a power. You know, we, when we pray for, pray for people to be healed, we, we don't know where that came from and, and the freedom we got to do that. Amen. There was a time in this country where if you if you prayed for somebody to be healed, you'd be arrested. Praying for the sick without a license is what they called it. It was it was backed by you know doctors that didn't like the competition. And uh, Brother Dow Dowie, Alexander Dowie in Chicago was arrested over a hundred times. Matter of fact, they, they had a panty wagon stationed outside his church. And as soon as he got through preaching and praying for people, he would just walk outside, get in, get in the paddy wagon, and then take him to jail. And then they'd go bail him out, come back. That happened every Sunday Every service, he was arrested over a hundred times for healing the sick without a license. Maria Woodworth Eder experienced the same thing. F.F. Bosworth experienced the same thing. That's just one part where our forefathers battled and fought that we could have a freedom. And it's a shame that, that most places don't even pray for people anymore. I mean, it, there was a great price paid for that. Our forefathers in the church paid a price so that we could minister to all. Segregation was abolished largely because of the church and the pastors refusing. I know my, my dad told me story after story about Brother Shambach being arrested because he refused to segregate his congregations down in the south and they would arrest him and, and take him to jail. One day, Dad got to the auditorium where they were speaking, I think it was in Alabama or somewhere like that, and they had uh, chained the doors so that, that uh, Brother Shambach couldn't get in and preach and police officers were stationed out front uh, to make sure nobody was allowed in. And Dad went up to him and said, what are you doing? And, and he said, uh, uh, it's been ordered that you, uh, you can no longer uh, have services here because you're not segregating your congregation. And so when Brother Shambach got there, Dad run up, walked up to him and said, he called him Bob. He walked up to him and said, Bob, they, they say you can't preach today. They got the doors locked. And there was people all out on the streets and and uh, said, you, you can't preach today or they're going to arrest you. Brother Shambach just handed him his briefcase and went out and started preaching the gospel and laying hands on people right there in the street and praying for them. And so they arrested him and took him, took him to jail. <laughs> so Dad went down, they bailed him out. But when it, when it came time to go to court for that, Brother Shambach showed up, and there was people all inside that courthouse, all around the courthouse. They were already having church. They were praying. They were worshiping. They put Brother Shambach on the stand to question him. And instead of questioning him, he just started preaching the gospel from the stand. People started shouting and saying they just started having church right there in the courthouse. And the judge started beating on the gavel, beating the gavel and saying, order, order, order. And finally he said, get him out of here. Dismiss all the charges. <laughs> Amen. Our forefathers paid a price for us. 
so that we can have the freedoms that we have. In our recent history, they've paid a price for us so that we can have the freedoms that we have. F.F. Bosworth was asked to preach in a meeting, and I don't know why I'm, there was just so, there's so many things that we take for granted today that we don't realize somebody paid a price for. And F.F. Bosworth was asked to preach in a meeting, and, and it was this open uh, brush harbor type thing, and, and the whites were over here that he was supposed to preach to, and all the black people was, was behind him. And instead of turning their, his back on him, he preached to both sides. He refused to segregate. Refused to, and, and so he preached to both sides. And so after the meeting, they caught him, a bunch of men caught him, and took axe handles and, and clubs and beat him until his body was like jelly. Beat him severely. He said his, his body was literally like jelly. They, they beat him so much with these clubs. And he finally, they finally let him go, and he went to the train station because he was going to be leaving, and they refused to let him on the train. And so he had to walk almost 10 miles to the next place, to the next town, to the next train station after being beaten like that. But as he said, as he walked, the presence and glory of God was so powerful that he said, I felt no pain in my body. He said, I had no broken bones after being beat like that. And he said, I had to carry my suitcases. And he said, for 10 miles, I carried my suitcases, worshiping God, and just walking in the presence of God. He said, it felt like it only took a few minutes to get to the train station. Our forefathers have paid a price for us to have what we have. Amen. We, we as a church body, we have got to, as has been said so much today, we've got to, ride, we've got to mount up. We can't sit back and hope it all turns out all right because it won't. It's not going to turn out all right. The devil doesn't just back off because he gets a feel his conscience gets to bother him. He backs off because the people of God tell him to get back. We drive him back. We don't say please. We speak with authority. Amen. I'm not going to let my comfort and safety cause me to be an embarrassment to my forefathers. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I know I just scared some of you to death. It's like, oh, oh no, 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 no. We got to appease. We got to appease. We got to appease. If you want to appease the devil, move to Haiti. That's their religion. And look where it got them an island that used to be covered in, in wealth, sugar plantations and sugar cane, is now barren and covered with thorns, and, and, and you can't even go anywhere without the thorns, and, and it's totally decimated. Why? Because they adopted a religion of appeasement. You don't appease the devil. You shove him back. You tell him where he can operate. Which isn't anywhere around here. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Next Sunday, I believe next Sunday is the 20th. Next Sunday, um, Benaiah and Natalie is going to be here. Benaiah is going to be speaking, and uh, it's going to be good. Praise God. They, they, um, they are uh, associate pastors at uh, Sanctuary of Hope, and then they also run the uh, ministry called Restoration Connection, where they uh, help people recover from uh, uh, bondages, and uh, thank God for that. But they're going to be here next Sunday, praise God, and I'm, I'm believing for an awesome time in the presence of God, hallelujah. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter was sent down to preach to the Gentiles. God finally convinced him that it's okay. So Peter began to talk about God and trying to figure out how to, how to present the gospel to the Gentiles because it was unfamiliar territory for him. And how many know when, when God begins to move, that a lot of times you get an unfamiliar territory? You get in, you get in a place where you, you're not quite sure how to do this. Amen. That's okay. You don't have to know how to do it because there's somebody with you, somebody in you that, that knows everything, and he can do it. He can do all of it really good. Amen. We just got to trust him. Hallelujah. In, in uh, Acts 10.38, Peter, as he was preaching, and in verse 38, he says, talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. This statement was a declaration. We find out just a, just a few verses later that Peter, while he was trying to figure out how to preach this eloquent service, sermon to the Gentiles got interrupted because Holy Spirit just went ahead and, and filled them with the Holy Spirit right there. They, they were hungry. They were ready. And, and you know, when, when people are hungry for God, you don't have to try to work things up. You don't have to try, to try to get them ready because they're just ready. They're ready to receive. And God loves a hungry person. And when you're hungry for him, he does not hold back and say, well, just see how, 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 we'll just see what you're willing to do. No, he's right there ready to fill you up. Amen. Fill you up. And he said to him, he said, he was telling him about Jesus, and he said, and, and God anointed him. The word anointed means to be commissioned or to be uh, sanctified for a, or consecrated for a certain purpose, a certain thing. And it says how God anointed or consecrated Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Lately, God's been talking to me, Holy Spirit's been talking to me about all. I believe, I believe God is wanting to do an outpouring and an awakening that is so encompassing that, that we won't even be able to get to all the testimonies that, that, that God, that the people have because he is pouring out. Sean Hannity announced the other night on his show that, I just, I didn't watch it, I just saw a blurb of it, and he announced that the awakening has begun. Amen. Well, thank God. He, he didn't realize what he was saying. There is a civil awakening that has taken place. We know that. Amen. Who'd have, who'd have thought that it, it would have started with truck, tra, uh, trucks and tractors? Amen. But it's, it's, always, it's always the working class that end up standing up for things. Amen. And thank God for it. It's going to spread. This thing's going to spread. 
It's not just here. It's all over the world. It's happening in Europe. It's happening everywhere that there's oppression, Australia, New Zealand. People are starting to come out in the street and saying, you've bullied us around long enough. You've lied to us. You've pushed us around long enough. We're not going to take it anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I love it how I love it how that that uh, Trudeau sent wreck, sent tow trucks down to move the trucks, and the tow trucks joined the convoy. <laughs> I can see him in his palace throwing a fit and a tantrum. They're supposed to do what I tell them. I want mommy. We, there is an awakening that has taken place in the hearts of people. Sister Carolyn has been saying for a while that the slumber is coming off of people. The slumber is coming off of people. Well, that's a civil awakening. Thank God for a civil awakening. But it started in the house of God because people in the house of God begin to wake up and begin to call on the name of the Lord. We, we got out of the, of the boardrooms and ran back to the prayer rooms and began to pray and call on the name of the Lord because he is our answer. There's a spiritual awakening that has taken place across this nation. The first shot was fired when when Sean, whatever his name is, Foyt, is that it? Sean Foyt, when he went down and began to preach the gospel on the very place that the first riots broke out and, and set up a baptismal tank and people began to get saved and healed, miracles began to happen and they began to baptize people right there on the street in a tank Right where the riots broke out, that was when the Spirit of God began to rise up and saying, throw your fits and have your riots, but I'm about to sweep through this nation with a power and a people that will not back down. See, the people of God, we, we get pushed and pushed and pushed, and we do our best to try to be nice. We do. We try to comply as far as we can comply. But once you begin to try to put us in a box and tell us you can't worship, you can't sing, you can't preach the gospel, the next step is you can't believe in God. When, when that starts happening, then we, there's something starts rising up inside of us saying, you know, I've, did, I've, I've complied as far as I can comply. And now you've crossed the line. Daniel, don't you pray to the living God. What Daniel do? He went straight to his prayer room, opened up the windows, and began to pray. They said, you can't do it. But they crossed the line. The king, Daniel, did everything in his power to get along with the king. And yet, when he said you can't pray, that was one thing that he could, they did not have authority to do. And so Daniel went up and prayed. And a bunch of little tattletales ran and told the king that Daniel's not obeying you. Daniel's not wearing a mask. I mean, Daniel's not. Daniel's praying. <laughs> I'm feeling ornery today. It just, this is the way it is. <laughs> we, I saw, I saw a thing the other day, you know, people that are, have vaccine, not have vaccine, you know. This, this has been made a big issue because the pharmaceutical companies are so hungry for money. It's not about your health. It was about your health. The 15th booster would have cured you. 
You need to get more of what didn't work. That's what they keep telling us. I don't care if you got a vaccine or don't have a vaccine. We're not going to make, our church is not going to be brought down to the devil's talking points. If you don't have a vaccine and you get sick, we're going to pray for you. If you have the vaccine and it makes you sick, we're going to pray for you. Amen. See, the devil always tries to get us to come down it's like Reinhard Bonnke. He was, he was holding revivals and meetings in, in, in Africa, millions of people getting saved, and all of a sudden somebody back home in Germany brought an accusation against him. Took it to the, took it to the people that were, you know, he was associated with and made accusations against him. They sent him a, a message and said, you have to come home and answer these allegations. Reinhard Bonnke wasn't trying to be arrogant. He just simply sent a message back and said, why would I climb down off my world harvesting combine to kill a mouse? He said, I will not come back to Germany. There's too much going on. I'm seeing too many people saved. See, the devil was trying to get him off of his purpose, off of his point, to come back to the little, little talking points and arguments. And that happens in the body of Christ all the time, and we get reduced from the Great Commission down to some mandate or some problem, and we get so focused on it that it brings division and problem. But today, the Spirit of God has said over and over and over, it's time to mount up, it's time to fight, it's time to go forward. Amen. Jesus was anointed, commissioned, And went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. In the Amplified, it says that he went about curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. Went about curing all that were harassed. And oppressed by the power of the devil. You say, what's that mean? It means he went about curing all who were being harassed. What's harassment? Sickness, disease, infirmity, temptation. Mental disorders, anxiety, depression, nervousness, all of these things that torment us to try to get us to focus on what is not important. Amen. Harassment, harassing you, attacking your finances so you work day and night, but can't ever get ahead because every dollar you get gets sucked out of your wallet before you even get it in there. Harassment. You get well, and the next thing you know, it's a, there's another sickness, and there's another ailment, and there's another problem, and, and it's, it, it's in our children, it's in our family. But Jesus came, he was anointed to cure all that were harassed and oppressed by the devil. And as a church, the thing that we need to do more than anything else is what Jesus did and go about doing good and curing all that were harassed and oppressed.
oppressed by the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't have to put up with this stuff. There's a power that's greater than the power of what's afflicting you. There's a power greater than what's driving you. There's a power greater than what's, what's tormenting you. Hallelujah. I got a beautiful note, a message the other day from a lady that has been suffering terribly from anxiety, destroying her life, ruling her life. But we, we started ministering to her and praying for her. Holy Spirit's been speaking into her life. And, and I got a letter the other day, and she said, I am back to my happy, confident self. Hallelujah. What is that? He went about curing all that were harassed and oppressed by the devil. You say, Pastor, you're saying because I'm sick, there's a devil. I'm telling you, you're being harassed. Amen. Don't get all offended at me. Amen. People get so touchy about stuff like that. Amen. I preached a message on that one time about how that, that sickness is a, is a harassment from the enemy. And a lady come up to me just totally offended and, and said, so you're saying I have a devil? I said, I don't know. The look in your eye and the attitude I see right now, I'm not sure. Amen. Sometimes Jesus told them to be clean, and other times he said, come out. We have to have discernment to know whether it's an afflicting spirit, or but all of it is harassment. Amen. It's all harassment. It's not condemnation. Amen. Now, don't, don't get all, oh, my goodness. Anytime you talk about stuff like this, people take so much away from it. The next thing you know is they're, they're, you know, feeling condemned because they got sick. Well, pastor said it was a harassment from the devil. I shouldn't have got Get up. Stop whining and crying and get up and say, God, I thank you that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. It doesn't matter what's happening to me right now. I am yours. Amen. <laughs> Goodness. I mean, if you if you want it, just you know, wallow in it. I don't I don't know. Just but stop all that stuff. Amen. Shake it off. I know what it's like. I I deal with it myself. Amen. Miss Sister Betty just got hit with this old flu or whatever it is that's going around COVID twenty nine thirty five or something like that. I I don't know what it was. But we, we got through it. God raised us up again. I didn't feel condemned over it. I felt blessed because I have a Lord and Savior that I can trust and I can count on. <laughs> and even days I couldn't, I couldn't get up and do anything. I was saying, Lord, I thank you that this sickness does not belong to me. I do not belong to it. It is a trespasser in my body. I am freed and delivered. I am healed in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. It's time we, we just connect to who we serve. Harassment. God, God can do things. And so I, I had a man tell me the other night I was at another church, and I didn't remember, remember praying for this guy. Obviously, I did, and it's been a while back, and he come running up to me, and he said, God healed me. I said, awesome, all right, and he said, you remember praying for me? I said, no, I don't. He said, I had, 
I've had neck pain in my neck and my back and my shoulders for a long time. And he said, you prayed for me. And he said, he said, after you prayed for me, there was a tingling that started in my neck and my shoulders. And he said that that tingling sensation lasted for over a week. And he said when that tingling sensation subsided, the pain was all gone. Now I got happy. Because I, I started thanking the Lord that I laid hands on him and prayed for him. But Holy Spirit kept ministering for a solid week to cure what was wrong in that man's neck and shoulders. What an amazing thing that God, God kept at it. So often we think if nothing dramatic happens right now, I must not have got it. Well, you just grab hold of it because things, things might happen in the next couple of days that you're just not sure what's going on. But then all of a sudden it manifests. And here it is. He went about doing good and healing all that were harassed, oppressed, that harassment in your mind. Jesus paid the price to cure that harassment. Amen. So many people today being harassed in their minds. The latest statistics is that is that I forget what what, what the number is, but it's it's way up in the upper nineties. They're saying that ninety five to ninety eight percent of America is struggling with depression right now. Why? Because they've been lied to. They've been made to feel hopeless, been caged up like animals. And and the oppression, the fear, you can only be afraid for so long until it starts taking a toll on your body. That fear, amen, that fear is just dominating people's lives. Fear is not what God gave you. He did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It don't matter where you're at, what you're doing. There's been times that me and Betty have received word that they're going to kill us if we preach the gospel. We went ahead and preached the gospel completely at peace. Why? Because we know who we are. We know we, where we at. Amen. Well, if we take our last breath on this earth, we'll take our first breath in heaven a few seconds later. Amen. <laughs> I, face, I face death because of sickness in other countries. God raised me up, but I was totally at peace. And I just told him, I said, God, if this is where it ends, I'll see you in just a few minutes. But if you want to get some more miles out of me, you might ought to do something. Amen. God got some, he said, well, I think I want some more miles out of you. So he raised me up, healed me of something I should not have survived. Amen. I had a bacterial infection go toxic in my blood in a foreign country. And God sustained me for days like that. And then some things happened that they said I didn't make it. But then I did. Amen. God gave me a nine-hour nap on an airplane where they said I died trying to get back home. I told them, I said, no, I've just been asleep. They said, no, you haven't breathed or moved for nine hours. And I said, no, I was just sleeping. They said, no, we checked you. I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm feeling better. Amen. Hallelujah. At the end of that nine hours when I woke up, it felt like it was five minutes to me 
At the end of that nine hours when I woke up, we were landing. That sickness was gone from my body. All the toxicity was gone out of my body. I was healed in the name of Jesus, and God raised me up. I didn't even go to the doctor when I got home because I knew I'd been in the presence of God, and he cleansed my body of infirmity and sickness. You don't have to walk in fear. The only reason we're afraid is because we're not sure. But when you get sure with God, hallelujah, when you're able to say like Paul, for me to live is God, to die is gain, so I, I can't lose either way. Amen. Hallelujah. I have a philosophy. I've got a lot of philosophies, but one of them is I'm going to live till I die. Amen. There's a lot of people die at 40, but they don't bury you till 85. We need to make up our mind as people of God that we're going to live till we die. We're going to enjoy the presence of God. We're going to enjoy this thing every day of our life. We're not going to be tormented. We're not going to be harassed. We're going to live in the presence of God and enjoy who God is and enjoy what's God doing. Let the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing. God will have them in derision and laugh. But the body of Christ is not going to go down. We're going up. We have a faith in a God that is almighty. He is the most high. He's bigger than all the, tri the trials and things we face in this earth. He is bigger. Hallelujah. Jesus went about doing good and healing. I ain't going to get past this verse. Healing all that were oppressed tormented, harassed by the devil. We have to let God sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. Whatever you have not brought under the submit, up to submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ will be vulnerable for attack. And we have to constantly bring ourselves under it. Our bodies begin to die the moment we were conceived. There are things that have been trying to kill us from the moment we were conceived in the womb. There have been things trying to kill us, and yet here we are. God has sustained us. We're still alive. Every day we live, there's something trying to get at us. There's something trying to infiltrate. There's something trying to take us out. But we serve a God that can keep us through all of these things. We just got to trust him. Amen. We don't know everything. When Josh Christmas passed away here a while back, that was, you know, I hated that. Because I was, I was wanting a victory. I was wanting a testimony. Amen. But when I heard that, that he, was, he had passed, I was driving down the road and I said, Lord, I don't understand all that. I don't understand why he wasn't raised up. It would, my opinion, it would have been better. If you want my opinion, it would have been better. It would have been a testimony. It would have been a real spark to the body of Christ. So I said, God, I don't understand that. I don't understand everything. And then with boldness and faith and confidence, I yelled in my truck, but you are Lord. No matter what happens, you are Lord. No matter though things go don't go like I want them to, you are Lord. Hallelujah. When it looks like I've had losses in my life, you are Lord. Hallelujah. And when I have victories and there's awesome things that happen, you are Lord. Hallelujah. It's time we get back to the place where we put him back in the lordship of our life. Several years ago, me and Sister Betty were traveling all over the world. 
preaching the gospel, loving life. I was enjoying it. It was great. Money flowed like a river. I never had to ask for money. Every, every crusade, every pastor's conference was paid for. Everything was going great. This church was packed out. We were having a move of God revival. And then all of a sudden, God told me, I want you to cancel all of it and stay here. I did not want to do that, but I did. And I asked God. I complained to him about that. I said, God, why, why, why? Why can't we keep doing this? You showed me this years ago. You showed me this in my early 20s. You showed me this happening all over the world. You showed me your glory covering the earth and oceans of people being touched by the power of God. And I was getting, getting to see that. And then he said, I want you to cancel all of it and stay here. He had a purpose because he wanted to prepare us for something greater that was coming. And we've been in preparation. We've been in training. We've been in, we've been in the cave with God. We've been, we've been in, in, in the back room with God for several years now. And I complained to God about that. After a little bit, I said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. Because once, once I made that decision, announced that I was going to be staying here, war broke out. This church emptied out. Next thing you know, I'm looking at 30 people that don't want to be here. And I'm standing behind the pulpit and I don't want to be here. So we were a miserable bunch. And that dropped down to about 12 to 15 people. And we did that for years. about it and one day a man walked up to me with a prophetic word not all prophetic words are what you want to hear he walked up to me and he said God told me to tell you something I said okay he said what is it to you if I stand you before thousands or pour you out like water to one person, what is that to you? Do you belong to me? I had to fall on my face and repent and say, God, I don't own them. You do. <laughs> Amen. And I submitted to what he, the process that he wanted to take us through at that time, submitted to that. Hallelujah. And I believe we're going to see a greater move and awakening of God now than we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. We had the, we had the Elijah. We had the Elijahs in the, in the uh, 40s and 50s that rose up even all the way back into the late 1800s and early 1900s. But in the 50s, 40s and 50s and early 60s, we had the Elijahs that rose up. And then we had the Elishas that went out, the charismatic renewal, the, the revivals that swept across this nation, churches all over, Catholic churches, Pit, uh, Presbyterian churches, Lutheran churches, all began to be, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied in a, in a way that we could never have fathomed. And then the Jesus people broke out, and we had the Elisha outpouring. It was more than a double portion of the Spirit of God. But then all of a sudden, Gehazi rose up and began to think, well, you know, the, the, the gold and the garments are still, we, 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 we might as well go after the gold and the garments. And we begin to lose. We begin to lose that freshness of the presence of God. The God of mammon began to become the God of the body of Christ. If I'm getting on your favorite doctrine, that's okay. I'll stomp on it here in just a minute. Choke that thing out and kill it. Gehazi ran after Naaman and said, 
We changed our minds. And next thing you know, everything was about money. Everything was about offerings. Everything was about airplanes. And everything was about clothes. Everything was about buildings. Everything was about watches. Everything was about how much money you was making. And Gehazi got leprous. And this the body of Christ began to become leprous and begin to lose its power and begin to lose its health. And we've been in that for quite a while. But I gotta tell you something. There's some Daniels that's been praying in the lion's den. There's some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's been in the fiery furnace, and they're about to come out. There is a freshness coming back to the body of Christ. There's a power coming back to the body of Christ. The anointing of God is rising up. And we're going back to the throne room and saying, God, I want to be in your Mishkan. I don't want anything else. I just want to be in your Mishkan. I want to be in your presence. There's an awakening coming back. You think... I. I got to tell you something, God will meet every need that we have. We don't have to chase after it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. I don't want to have Gehazi's garments and golden leprosy. I want to have the anointing of Elisha. I want to go back and look and say, where'd it go? Where'd the mantle go? I've got to have the mantle of God. I want the mantle of God. I don't want the garments of, of this world. I want his mantle. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? <laughs> we're hitting the water. We're hitting the water. Saying, where is the Lord God of Elijah? <laughs> come on, Val. You got to come. I'm going to blow up. I want, I want the glory. I want the glory of God in the body of Christ today. I want to see the people of God clothed. Stand with me today. I want to see us clothed with the presence of God. Hallelujah. There is a spiritual awakening that's greater than the civic, civil awakening. I thank God for the civil awakening. But what I'm focused on is a spiritual awakening that has taken place in the hearts of men and women that are going back to preaching Christ and Him crucified. Going back to walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't, want to, I don't want the ability to manipulate. I don't want talent. I want the glory and the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. William Branham had powerful gifts of the Spirit of God. But in his early days of ministry, God gave him a powerful anointing but without those gifts, everybody said that he was like a helpless child. But when the power of God would come on him, there was no greater gifts. There was no greater product. People would be healed. We are in a time the Spirit of God has been poured out on you. Hallelujah. Father, we need your glory. Thank you for the faith that's rising in this house.
came here last Monday morning, got out of my vehicle, unlocking the door, and I was saying, God, thank you for the faith that's rising up in this house. Thank you for the faith that's rising up in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. God's assembling people of faith that know how to trust Him, know how to believe. It's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you for delivering and curing everybody that is harassed and oppressed. Lord, you're speaking to this body right now because we're going to go out of this place and we're going to start setting the captive free. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. God, forgive us for chasing after other things. God, forgive the body of Christ for going after other things. The things are supposed to follow us. And God, I thank you that we're getting the order. We're getting the order back right. We're chasing after you, Father. We're chasing after Holy Spirit. Pursuing in the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Sister Carolyn declared when Tuesday night that the wind of God is, is blowing. We need to get ourselves up. We don't want to miss this. And I feel the sails going up today. Hallelujah. I feel the sails going up today. In Jesus' name. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. You say in this house today, I'm, I want to shake off the oppression, the, the harassment. If you're battling with sickness and infirmity today, if you're battling with with torment in your mind, whatever the case might be, you know today Jesus come to cure all those that are harassed of the enemy, of the devil. Praise God. Get out of your seat. Come up here. We're going to declare ourselves free.